At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Um, guys, so uh, audience, it's Christmas week. Um, and as Tim and I's Christmas gift to y'all, we uh, convinced James to come back to the show. So <laughs> that was, uh, it took a lot of effort, but we got him back. I feel like that's a really crappy gift. I feel like everybody's super disappointed that that's it's what you would It's 2020. It's the best thing they're going to get. That's, that is... Fair. That is true, but also I have to admit, James, I think that the past two episodes that Tim and I did were some of our best. <laughs> I've, been, I've been getting a lot of DMs saying that they were by far the two worst episodes in the history of Off Track with Inch and Rossi. I don't, you know, I think we the amount of engagement that we got off the past two of them <laughs> would disprove that. So we I figured out the trick to it, James. You just pick somebody on Twitter and just uh, make fun of them. People yes. Like that. Yeah. So... So interaction isn't always positive interaction, Alex. Um, there's there is such thing as bad press. Uh, Not but I digress. I uh, well, yeah, no. You guys did a phenomenal job, um, f- uh, group fam. I'm sorry that I was absent the last couple weeks, uh, but definitely happy to be back. Uh, and it's Christmas week, guys. I mean, and 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 Hanukkah week, I guess. Hanukkah, Hanukkah passed. Hanukkah yeah, Hanukkah's over. All right, we're done Hanukkah. So happy. I hope everybody happy who Hanukkah. celebrates Hanukkah had a happy Hanukkah. Chinese New Year is coming? Or that was like in October? I don't know. No, I think that's like, well, I know Ukrainian Christmas is like January 6th or something. That's dumb. In my household, we only celebrate happy Honda days, and we are right in the middle of that. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, that, isn't, that, isn't that like your isn't that a summer garage thing isn't that a summer thing it's happy honda days is in your heart alex it's not a time it's a state of mind right, right. unrelated no, i'm buying that is on me. oh get out of here <laughs> By the way, okay let's you're fired talk about that so tim tim ordered a ford bronco yeah. um do you have regrets yet no. after seeing them in person because they are quite ugly i have not seen them in person Oh, well, ah, when you do, it's coming. let me know. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, the rendering's quite cool. The whole promo video's quite nice. The actual product. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's that's upsetting. Yeah, well. You can back you know, out of it. If you didn't. Maybe you guys you know somebody at Honda. Help if me you out. Didn't already, if you didn't already love your look as a single uh, middle-aged woman cat lady aunt, that's I feel like this this what fits I'm going for. Costume. Which yeah, is exactly what the glasses that you wear make you look like. Just <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I feel like this car matches your glasses. So. Well, we do have a bit of racing news. Uh, Alex got a birthday present for next year. The Long Beach I... Grand Prix has been rescheduled. 
Yes. I mean, here's the thing. I am just thrilled that um, they found a replacement date. Like yeah. that for me is, is, is the most important thing. I think everyone kind of in the back of their mind knew that was coming just with the state of uh, California being the state that it is and the state that it currently is in. I've never used state um, so many times. There's a lot of use of state. A lot of state. A sentence, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great that we're going to be able to get in. I think it's, as James has said before, it's one of the highlight races of the year, and um, we certainly missed it. Um, and 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 guys, like as as the championship finale, I mean, I think that's phenomenal. It's it's one of those things like you just never considered it because Long Beach is always just in April, right? Like it was just never even in the conversation. Yeah. But if you were to like start from scratch and be like, hey, where do you think we should have the championship finale, have the celebration, all the rest of it? I'm I'm not totally unsure that Long Beach wouldn't be my first choice. Like it's it makes it after Indy the longest running event. Yeah, it's a it's such a party. It's such a great atmosphere. It's such a great race. And I don't know, man. I mean, you're right there in L.A. I, I just feel like it's a great place to end the championship. No disrespect to anyone that's that's held it in the past. And, you know, Laguna was supposed to do it. But I think this is an awesome kind of development in a lot of ways. Well, and I, I think uh, in L.A. too, April, you had to deal with uh, with bumping up with Coachella, which LA or Long Beach is the only race that you would have to worry about bumping up with Coachella in terms of, you know, any crossover of people. There is, there is one IndyCar driver that will remain unnamed that managed to do both. Wait, <laughs> I hadn't heard this story. We'll bleep his name. You got to tell me. No, there, there's not really a story. There's just an IndyCar driver that once attended both events. Well, that's, that's astounding. Did they win? No, Either sure of them? Did they win Coachella or Long Beach? Potentially. I mean, can you win Coachella? I guess I don't know if you can win There's... it, but you can certainly lose it. Here, well, yeah, fair. Here's the <laughs> thing that I worry a little bit about, right? I mean, I think I think we've had a couple different, you know, experiments in the calendar over the last few years, intentional or not, that show how important date equity is. And so while Long Beach after Indy is always the most attended event and crowds are bananas and it's sold out and it's incredible, it's always known to be kind of in that first two weeks of April. And my only kind of reservation is that because it's a different date, you don't get, at least in year one, if it's, you know, that that crossover and everybody just sort of being like, oh, if we don't go in April, we'll go in October. I mean, maybe it's not that or September, whatever it is. Maybe it's not yeah, that clear cut. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, honestly, my my kind of hope, the more I think about it, and obviously until we do it, we won't really know, but I wouldn't hate it if this became the new date of the Long Beach Grand Prix and it became the season finale every year and the date equity sort of switched over there and everybody just planned for this awesome weekend in the fall rather than in the spring. Well, and then you guys have both had success there, obviously. Um, you're next to each other on the sidewalk. I mean, and uh, remind me, are they still doing double points for the finale? I don't know that we know that yet. I think yes, right now. I mean, just from um, a, like, I know, James, I know your opinion on double points, but from a uh, kind of selfish perspective, that's got to be good news. Um, yeah, um, I guess. But, like, you could also still get, you could be really good at Long Beach and still get taken out in turn one. So double points are still stupid. Yeah, I mean, you could be really good at Long Beach and uh, your engine could blow up when you were going to win the race. <laughs> you were going to win the race. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you were running a comfortable third with 12 laps to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Nice try. First of all, it was 100% second. It was 100% uh, well, yeah, second. Well, that's because um, Ryan's car blew up, too. <laughs> or were you running second when you blew up? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Calm oh, Ryan, down. I blew Ryan's up first. Car, yeah, and then Ryan's car blew up. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. I do recall. Yeah, so you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. Um, Good time was so had by all. The, the, other, the other racing news, aside from that, is um, what I, something that I'm really happy to see for once kind yes. of go in the direction of pure, like, yes. sporting culture, if you will, versus a business mindset in Formula One. Sergio yes. Perez signs at Red Bull. Yes. Awesome. Love it. Like, yes. Absolutely love that. Yeah, and so it's, good. It's funny because I read an article um, – you know, shortly after that was announced. And it was obviously, there was, you know, there was a lot of speculation. Do they keep Alex Albon? Do they hire Sergio? Do they pick someone else from their development pool? Whatever, whatever. And the only thing that made sense from a competition standpoint was Sergio. Like, it was an absolute no-brainer. And, you know, I completely agree with Alex that it was nice to see Red Bull kind of be willing to step outside of their traditional ladder system, junior system, whatever, whatever, when when the need was there you know they've obviously got a tremendous system they've produced uh, an inordinate amount of very successful and very talented drivers you know over the career of that program the span of that program but for the sake of this for the sake of the team and the sake of the the success of the team you have to be willing to accept when that program is not in the right place and you have to look outside of it and i don't think there's a problem with that and I remember reading an article shortly after Sergio's news was announced saying that, you know, a prominent Formula One journalist was like, yeah, I'm kind of scratching my head as to their decision. I feel like this delegitimizes their entire junior program. And it's just like, man, there's way too much on the line to just take a swing at another young guy or give a guy that had, you know, a chance to prove himself and, and didn't get it done another year. Maybe next year Alex would come back with a year of, you know, full year of experience in that team and kill it who knows you don't you don't know that he will and that's a risk that they would have had to been willing to take but for the sake of you know getting another driver up there to help max push for the championship especially next year with the rules kind of being frozen and red bull having seemingly closed the gap to mercedes as the season went on you know this really puts them in the best opportunity to try to be in the fight for the championship again and i think it's great i don't see why anybody would uh would question this decision i'm very happy for and, uh Checo. and and how phenomenal is it and just another example of you know the cliche that is you know things things happen for a reason how how amazing is it that two weeks prior a week prior he won his first race in formula one after yeah. being the longest guy he went the he had to wait the longest for for uh, his first win in Formula does, One. Did, from does he, in history. He's got that record, eh? He does, yeah. Wow. So for him to finally get that and then on the heels of that, two weeks later, get the seat that in my mind, you know, he's always deserved a, a chance to to be in a top team and and be fighting for for race wins and championships, I think is 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 very, very cool. It's a great story. He's a great guy. Um, what's what's gonna be interesting now is I still think Max is better. So right. how how close is he going to be? And then how how much stronger mentally is he going to be able to be than all the other guys that came before him and had to go up against Max? For sure. That's, it's uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a different deal because 
you know, I'm sort of trying to do the, the inventory in my head quickly. You know, he's never been teammates with a, you know, guy that's rated in the top three in the series. You know, he's well, Nico. He's been teammates with Nico. Well, yeah. OK, so Nico was very, very highly rated, but, he, you know, right. not a not a race winner, championship contender kind of guy. Sure. Um, sure. But certainly a very, very tough competitor. Another guy that deserves to be, you know, on the grid. But uh, it will be interesting to see, like you say, the kind of mental side of it. Um, a lot was talked about how difficult this year's Red Bull was to drive and Max just sort of made it work where obviously Alex struggled a bit um, and whether they fix some of those problems, you know, how is his driving style match up against Max's, like all those things are going to be, you know, very important and very key. But when you look at, like you say, he's just got to be able to challenge Max more regularly and be mixing it up with the Mercedes guys more regularly because you look at, you know, the, the qualifying differential between Max and Alex was something on average, it was like just under half a second, you know, it was, you know, over four tenths. Whereas at Mercedes, it was under a tenth of a second of a gap between, you know, Botas and Hamilton. And that's the kind of parity you want to see in your driver lineup with, uh, with guys going, you know, going for it and pushing each other like that. So it's, I'm, so I'm what excited. Would your, what would your prediction be? What do you think it'll be? If there's 23 races next year, what do you think the qualifying order goes down to? Like, Thirteen ten, man. 15 so to eight. Well, here's the thing. I'm uh, Checo's always really been known for his race pace. He's never he's never necessarily been known as like a stellar qualifying guy, one lap guy. And that's certainly I mean, not to. It's hard to judge that, right? It, it is hard to judge that, but like a lot more has been talked about his race pace. Certainly, you know, like he's. I don't think he's ever sure. had a teammate when he's up against guys like Nico. It hasn't been like you know. 18 to 2. Um, he's, he's not been necessarily a standout. I'm not saying that he's a, a slacker by any means. Um, so it will be interesting to compare it to Max, who like I think a lot of people would argue is like, probably the quickest, certainly one of the quickest over one lap. Um, but his, you know, his racecraft, his ability to take care of tires has kind of always been his, uh, his strength. And, you know, I think Max's racecraft is very good in terms of like wheel to wheel racing and all the rest of that. But I don't know if Sergio will be able to outdo him on kind of like race management and tire management and things like that. Max does occasionally make mistakes and, you know, he sort of has these, he, you know, a couple times this year, he's had these, these spins in the races. They ended up being harmless because he hasn't hit anything and the gaps are so big that he's running in third. He spins all by himself. He carries on. He's still third. You know, it's not a big deal. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if uh, if Max holds the advantage on on Saturdays, you know, how much closer or even maybe better will Checo be on Sundays? Well, um, I, I'm just curious to know Tim's Tim's thought. I mean, what do you what do you think? <laughs> well, I actually did have a question. I was just letting you guys get some stuff out. But so devil's advocate on this. What does this say about their juniors pro? Like, what no, is it, it if says, you're a driver think... who's. You know, I don't think it says anything then. bad what at all. That? I just don't think there's anyone ready to take that seat yet. I mean, that you got to remember when the Red Bull Young Driver Search was founded. It, initially, it was founded to try and find American drivers, right. and then the Red Bull Junior Driver Development Program. Who would want any of them? Well, great question. About 360 um, <laughs> million people, but yeah, other than them. Um, so <laughs> then uh, it kind of became. Uh, a way for them to, to fill their seats. But initially, Red Bull wasn't a race-winning championship contending team. You know, they were they were 
kind of they purchased Jaguar and, and they were kind of a mid-pack team. And then, you know, slowly but surely they they developed into what they are. Um, but the the driver program has been around a lot longer than Red Bull's successes has, believe it or not. So I think that, you know, for a period of time, they had a lot of guys that were kind of in their early to mid 20s um, who were very competitive in the junior formulas. I mean, I'm thinking back to like the, the Jaime Algasuaris, the Sebastian Buemis, like there was a lot of guys that were very good in a very short succession. So they always had pretty big talent to, to draw from and also fall back upon. And it's kind of only been recently that that it's gotten spread out a little bit um, because those guys have retired. And quite frankly, there just hasn't been as many super talented young guys come up, especially when they're trying to be compared against Max Verstappen, who came from Formula 3 at 19 years old or 18 years old into Formula 1 and started kicking ass. So now their benchmark, Red Bull's benchmark for young talent has has moved exponentially higher. So it's a lot more difficult for, I think, young guys to, to kind of compete against that. But um, with that being said, I still think they're one of the only teams or sorry, well, yes, team slash sponsors out there that has a driver development program that is still means something to them. A lot of, a lot of times the manufacturers now are creating these driver development programs for guys to pay, to get in, to wear a t-shirt and a radio and get to go to the racetrack. Red Bull still scouts, chooses, trains, develops their guys to hopefully, if they if they do a good job, um, get into a top seat in Formula One. So I, I agree with I agree with ninety percent of that. I think I think there there are two things there. The first one is that you know Red Bull were the first group to really do this, like to properly invest in a in a very comprehensive junior program. And when they first started, man, they cast a very wide net. Like every driver in junior formula, if you had won a race in anything, had some connection to Red Bull. You know, they, they were spending crazy money. They had, I think, 50 junior drivers at one point, you know, spread across North America, South America, Europe, Asia. And 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 it was basically all the young talent coming up was somehow tied to Red Bull. Um, you got to remember, I mean, Sebastian Vettel even had his start with the BMW Sauber team because there was no room for him in the Red Bull team, but he was still a contracted Red Bull driver. And obviously, you know, that's where he ended up making his, his debut and his, and had all his success. They, they've, they've narrowed down their, their model on that. And now they really focus on a couple guys and, and don't have quite as wide uh, a, a net cast. But then I think a lot of people saw the successes that they were having with guys like Vettel, with Ricardo, with Verstappen. And so, I guess where I where I differ a little bit is I think a lot of the other manufacturers driver development programs used to be a lot of yeah you're you're paying to wear the t-shirt and have the radio but I do think a lot of them are seeing how that has worked and are investing a little bit more in the drivers than they have in the past. I mean Mercedes has a pretty good lineup of of young drivers that they've brought up through the ranks and and have waiting in the wings. Obviously the Ferrari development program, you know the the top 3 in F2 this year were all Ferrari development drivers. So, you know, if one of those guys had been a uh, had been a Red Bull guy, maybe it's a different story. But then you also think of the dynamic of the Red Bull Toro Rosa or Alpha Tauri situation. You know, you had Gasly get promoted and then brought back down, you know, the kind of the seat swap with him and uh, and Alex Albon. And, you know, Danny Kafiat 
was never really going to be in the run for that. They kind of had him there for maybe longer than they wanted to because they had no one else to bring up and give that year in, in AlphaTauri before the Red Bull seat. So, yeah, I think I think their system is not broken, Tim. I think the system is still very strong. It's just it's cyclical, right? They're just uh, the well's a little drier than it's been in the past for them. And as Alex says, comparing against a guy like Max, I mean, damn, you got to find a pre pre special talent. So now they're going with experience and race winning experience and car development experience um maybe a little bit over just you know youthful speed at this point with Sergio I'm just dis- I'm just disappointed that we're not going to be able to watch how it all plays out in 2021 on Pornhub I mean, <laughs> to be honest this to be honest with you like, absolutely fact- blew my mind so there was an article that came out, guys, um, for those of you that are swiftly uh, trying to uh, remove me from whatever uh, <laughs> level of endearment you, you once held me at. Uh, I there can't imagine came out. there's much left. Right? That's fair. It's there, was an article, there was an article that came out on Jalopnik um, that said that uh, you can no longer watch full-length Formula One races on Pornhub. Which so, was where I where I thought was the only place you could watch. What I'm <laughs> what I'm confused about is um, why did they remove it? Like I like that's my biggest question. Not really why it was on there. Okay, all it's right. Just, I I I think that actually isn't the most important question, and I think some background as to why it was so. So I also saw this article, and I think I think Tim maybe sent it. to Oh no, you sent it to us, Alex, right? Yeah. And uh, it was, like I said, it's on Jalopnik. And I guess there were just kind of no rules for what video content you could upload onto. Which I feel like of all websites, this one should probably have some regulations. Well, and uh, that's obviously caught up with them now, right? (laughs) But so somebody got clever to the fact that, you know, F1 and Liberty Group are very, very good at tracking down, you know, rebroadcasts or replays of races that have been posted on things like YouTube and whatever. And it's, it's genuinely almost impossible to find full length race, you know, replays on the internet. Evidently somebody got smart and was like, well, they don't check Pornhub and they were putting all the full F1 races up on that website. And I guess a lot of people had been going on and that's how they watched their F1 races, not wanting to pay for, you know, Sky TV or, or whatever it is. Could imagine, and, could you imagine your wife or your significant <laughs> other, or your boss, whatever sees your browser Checks your history. search history starts losing their mind you're like no i'm just trying to watch the f1 races for free what, but what's more it's embarrassing like, right <laughs> like is it is it weirder that you were doing it like i don't know no i, mean, I still I feel think like there's more embarrassing things to do on pornhub Dan. yes yeah i think that's that's a weird <laughs> that's a weird statement that, alex but it also gets you thinking like what else was being posted on there like i know know it was a big deal when they they removed hamilton hamilton in its entirety before it was released on disney plus somebody like recorded it at a theater and put it up there (laughs) i remember when that happened length feature movies on there (laughs) (laughs) all sorts of stuff man all sorts of live sporting events and whatever but like that's just it's just not somewhere i would have thought to look I will uh, bite the bullet for the podcast and do some extensive research. I'll, so I'll watch as much you can, as I can. You can save yourself because the reason <laughs> that back. this all came to light 
was because they are now having to like very closely regulate everything that gets uploaded to that site. And so, yeah, sorry, Tim, I, I don't think you actually need to really research that one too closely. Now you're about, you're about a month too late. That sounds like fake news. I'm going to do my own research, James. That's fair. So, That's fair. <laughs> since we're speaking, since we're speaking of, um, well, no, we're not speaking of, yeah, whatever. Let's just jump to just, it's Christmas Eve. I just want to talk about Christmas. Let's <laughs> talk about Christmas. Um, let's, uh, I have a question for you guys before we get into the dumb, normal questions. You know, oh, what's your favorite part? What's your favorite meal? Blah, blah, blah. We all know it's pumpkin pie and ham. Pumpkin pie and Christmas? Pumpkin pie, yeah. yeah. Isn't that a Thanksgiving thing? Oh, what's wrong thing? with you? First of all, no one asked you. Uh, I, I have a question for you both. Okay. On Christmas, is it disrespectful to give cash as a gift? To whom? Great question. Great follow-up question. I mean, and, and anyone. I'm saying like, the, anyone from your family i'm not talking about like tipping your your house cleaner or your gardener or whoever I'm, I'm talking about like your cousin or your grandma or your wife or if, your if it's brother I don't if know. it's a very close relationship i think yes it is disrespectful because especially if they got you a gift because that shows they took time to like think oh what this person wants you know what does rocky okay. want what'll be on, nice. on, the, on the back of on the back of 2020 and everything that people are going through you think if you gave them actual cold, hard Benjamins instead of a, a coffee maker, that they would be upset. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, you didn't ask if I'd be upset. You asked. No, no, no. I'm saying, but, but you would only know it's disrespectful if they were offended. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, James, it, what do you think? I think it depends on the person, man. I think, um, I mean, I, I definitely get Tim's point that like a, a, a gift shows that you thought more about it or whatever, whatever. But like, I'll be honest, I'm a terrible gift giver and I have put a ton of thought into things that I'm sure the person would have much rather had cash because you just balled it up so badly. And it's like, yeah, the thought was there, but like now I've got this thing that I don't want and this person spent money on that, they, you know, like it's. I mean, and then, so like the follow-up to this though is like, are cash and gift cards the same thing, right? Because like you'd be like, oh, well, like I know you like this store, but like I'm not going to go buy you a top. Like I'm not going to go try and buy Becky a, a top blouse because like I'm not going to get that, right? But I know See, you like feels this store. A little more, that feels a little more thoughtful. If you like got her a gift card I to disagree. her favorite store. I feel like gift cards feel cheap. I feel like green cash feels less cheap. I, I mean, it, I, I don't there, disagree. There, there is, I don't know why. There is theoretically but I, more thought into getting a Lululemon gift card if you know they like Lululemon, but what's right. the difference of a $100 Lululemon gift card or $100 cash? I feel like gift cards have a rap of being like, oh, did you get this at the Kroger, the, the gift card stand? Well, Alex, if, if this is your way of testing the water to see if it's okay no. to just give me no, cash so for was, Christmas, a, I just want to let was, you know, it is. It's okay. No, I will take this cash. Was a, this was a another podcast that I listened to where they had this question. I thought it was a very interesting. Wait, you don't even listen question. to our podcast. You listen to somebody else's podcast. <laughs> I listen to many other podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, but so, James, you occasionally listen to ours. I've listened so to a couple. What, what I'm getting here is um, James. You're, I think you're I'd right. be okay with it. And I Tim, think I'd be okay Tim, with it. You're, you're a little child. You're a little baby boy. That you you want someone to think of something. No, I'm, I'm, something I'm saying it depends on the relationship. Like I think if somebody got you something really well thought out, like they got you like a custom gift that they knew you wanted, and you were just like, "Eh, here's a couple hundred bucks." Yeah, the couple hundred bucks is nice, but like, I don't know. You didn't put the thought in. 
Now, look, I'm also saying if you just gave me a couple hundred bucks, that'd be great. <laughs> like that, our friendship is such where I'd be fine. Now, remember, Alex, Tim is actually a fairly, he's a fairly thoughtful gift giver. Tim, Tim well, does put a lot of time. By the way, both of, of you guys have given into... me great Christmas gifts in the past. James, I have the Mario Kart Monaco poster hang mm-hmm. hanging in my apartment. Uh, Alex, mm-hmm. I use my coffee table refrigerator every day. You guys give great gifts. So here's my thing, right? Is I, I'm bad at gifting under pressure. So like it's the it's like holiday season. It's Christmas. You got to think of something, right? We're like all think like that poster that I got you, Tim. Like I bought those in like September and just sat on them until Christmas because I'm like <laughs> I I would rather just like if I see something I know a friend of mine would like, just buy it for them and give it to them as a gift because it's Tuesday, July fourteenth, you know, and not have to like tie it to a. But then I might come up short at Christmas, and you just have to accept that that's kind of how my program. I'm not great at it. Well, this actually, this, this curtails into something that uh, Hazel wanted to ask a question. So that, we'll get back to the other stuff first, but Hazel had a question for you two first. All right, oh, let's hear it. First, I'm getting uh, shot by a Nerf gun, so that's... <laughs> podcast replacement. It's my, Hi, it's, it's my replacement. Talk to you again. What, what did you guys ask Santa for Christmas? Oh, okay. All right, it's a good question. Alex, did you, uh, do you write Santa a letter this year? I did. I wrote Santa a letter. Um, I would like, um, you know, an E.H. Taylor cured oak, a Rock Hill Farms. I would like a um, Weller CYPB, like a Thomas H. Handy. So, I mean, I I wrote Thomas, or sorry, not Thomas, Santa, a uh, quite quite extensive list. Um, Yeah, James. Was, uh, Was a popcorn machine anywhere on that list? Yep, sure was. All right, we did it. <laughs> does the popcorn machine make cash? <laughs> it does not. <laughs> no, it does. It does. Oh, sweet, awesome! I, I, I I'm gonna rewrite gift. Santa then and ask for one of those because that sounds pretty yeah, neat. It doesn't. Oh, well, never mind then. My so I emailed Santa and it was a very very similar theme to Alex. You know, uh, it was also a Weller CYPB. Uh, it was a William Larue Weller. You know that was on there. Um, really anything BTAC. Um, it uh, Old Fitzgerald thirteen. You know, there's there's uh, there's a couple different ones on there. Um, but yeah, mainly I ask Santa for things that come in, you know, 750 milliliter bottles that are <laughs> golden, caramelly brown in color. I'm not opposed to one and a half liter bottles. Yeah, no, but like a lot of the a lot of the great stuff doesn't come. Actually, a 1.75 uh, Weller Antique 107 would be cool to add to the collection because I do not have one yep. of those. Yeah, I have my eyes on one of those. I also have my eyes on this the 175 Sazerac Rye which I didn't know that existed. Oh, that's cool. It's cool. I didn't know that either. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Um, so sorry, Hazel, we seem to have lost you. What did you ask Santa for for Christmas? What did you Was it also Santa? bourbon? Um, I asked um, Santa for this like camper that I can ride in. A Barbie camper. Oh. That you can like drive? And like little... um, you can hatch a fairy. You can do what? Uh, a fairy that you can hatch. Like a like a like a oh, chicken. Okay. I'm unclear. 
Okay. <laughs> okay, so Hazel, this is a very important question because this is going to, I think, affect what Santa brings you. What kind of cookies and what kind of milk do you leave out for Santa on Christmas Eve? Um, I leave him Christmas cookies and cow milk. Cow milk? All right, are we talking like skim what? milk, 2%? What are we doing? 2%. 2%. Good call. And what else do Good you leave out? I also leave out carrots for the reindeer. Oh, look at you. She's That's putting in the work. Great. She's putting in the work for that camper. That's yeah. that, <laughs> smart. I mean, Santa also likes cash, you know? Yeah, we do not leave out cash for Santa. <laughs> it, I, have a dumb, I have a dumb story real quick. I, uh, I like to give my mailman a gift every year for Christmas. And, and, you know, he's a federal employee, so the most you're supposed to give is $20. So uh, this year I was going to leave an envelope with 20 in it, and I, I couldn't find any cash. So I was like, oh, I'll just write him a check. And I thought, well, I can't write him a check because those have my address on it, and they don't know my address. And I remembered really? it's the mailman. It's your mailman. Who <laughs> delivers mail to my place every day. <laughs> <laughs> so do wait, but who That's did you a, write it out to? I just the, wrote the, it to cash. The mailman. I just wrote it to cash. Got it. Fair that's um, that's well, pretty comical that you didn't really put that together. So it is. I mean, when this releases, it's Christmas Eve. Uh, we got a little bit of time left, and uh, it's obviously not a normal year for everybody. But like, what was your favorite Christmas tradition? Other than watching uh, Die Hard, it on christmas eve obviously um which by the way my mom has now fully like fully endorsed die hard being a christmas movie to the you mean the movie about a family coming back together and overcoming adversity on on christmas eve yeah tim you don't have to convince me this but my (laughs) my mother has not only bought it like she's bought in so much that she watched it on her own the other night and like didn't tell anybody like we were watching something else and she went in the basement she's like i'm gonna go watch a movie and she watched die hard by herself while we were upstairs and i was very upset about this that's unexpected I was very upset yeah now, where do we I fall was, on uh, die hard to die harder mm, not as good as die hard with a vengeance not as good but die hard with a vengeance is not a christmas movie die hard to no, die no, no, harder no, maybe is i could argue i could argue there's a christmas hat somewhere in there i think um but it's okay so Favorite Christmas tradition. Honestly, when I was growing up, my so Christmas is like a huge deal to my mom, and she always made it just like so special. Like it was just such a magical time of year, and it was all it was all because of her and 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 how much she loved it and, and everything that she did for it. But one of the things that my mom's kind of known for is you know she always wants someone to have somewhere to go and and someone to be with and, and celebrate with, kind of around the holidays, and so my parents used to throw this Christmas Eve party at our house. So if you weren't traveling to see family or you didn't have, you know, a big family to spend Christmas with, or maybe you were from somewhere else and weren't going back for Christmas, whatever, um, we would throw this massive New Year's Eve bash and you guys could all come over and, and you know, have a, have a big Christmas celebration. And it was awesome, man. It was probably like 30 to 50 people, depending on the year, and you know there were kids and adults and it was just so much fun it was such a cool time and we always at the end of the night all the kids got to open one christmas present you know and santa would yeah, come we, by with a big we bag did of the presents same with the one and, christmas present yeah 
Yeah, and so uh, so for me that was always it. It was always the Christmas Eve party, and then sort of culminating in getting to open in one gift early. That was always uh, that was always my favorite part. I feel like we're about to get a really sad glimpse into Alex's childhood. <laughs> Alex, uh, yes. Do you have any Christmas traditions from your childhood that you remember? No. And there it is. <laughs> 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 that was when I would get my one sock per year. <laughs> All right, Tim, uh, <laughs> your Christmas is no, growing up. I mean, are we like I've I've said this before. Like my my family Thanksgiving and birthdays were a big deal because right. Christmas for us was was about Jesus, and um, for a lot of people, that's the real meaning of Christmas. So so my mom and dad didn't want to detract from that with kind of the the gifts and and the the pomp and circumstance that kind of goes along with that we still did a christmas tree we still there were still some gifts to open on christmas day um but there wasn't the whole like leaving milk and cookies out for santa there wasn't the stockings um it was just very much a a time for my mom my dad and myself to, to kind of be together we didn't really do anything with external family unless like my the the last couple of years that i was at home my grandma kind of lived down the street so she was involved but yeah, for us, like I, I always knew I was gonna get my my cool gifts on uh, on my birthday and everything. So that's what I look forward to each year versus versus Christmas. So uh, just sense. a different way of doing it. No no negative memories whatsoever. Um, but yeah, just a, a little a little different. Tim. I mean, mine was a lot more like James's. Uh, go down to my grandparents in Seymour, Indiana, and uh, you know everybody would get together and do the one Christmas present on Christmas Eve, and then everything else Christmas morning. Yeah. All, all pretty. No, Hazel, you weren't there then. <laughs> We're talking about when I was a kid. <laughs> Sorry, Hazel. Hazel said we would wake up. We do still wake up early. You gotta wake up early. Yeah. You gotta run downstairs and get your Christmas. Yeah, we still do the the one present on Christmas Eve. So where I'm I'm genuinely curious. What is that? What part of the the holiday or story or wherever does that come from? Because how do you have gifts if Santa hasn't shown up yet? Well, no, that's well, I mean, when you open some up gifts, gifts are from, from your mom and dad. Yeah, right. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's did you gifts. did you get to did you get to choose which that, one or did someone choose it for you? I was just you gonna ask you get that. To choose. So you would spend the time shaking them and weighing them and judging them based on the other sizes. And- I would try and figure out which one was the most video game shaped. Right. <laughs> <laughs> This one, yeah, see, yeah we, you could you could usually figure out. Okay, this is the this is Pokemon Red just by the size of the cartridge. So, <laughs> so we 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 I tried to like we kind of did the hot and cold thing. Like we would maybe pick one and we'd look over at mom and dad and we'd either get like the nod or like the head shake. Like not that one. Not <laughs> that one. They're like okay, I'll put that one back. In but later was, years, you'd get that. Well, if you're gonna open that one, then you gotta actually then you gotta open this one too. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, but were you, were you guys like, did you ever try to find the presents? I know that was always like a big thing when I was a kid that like oh, yeah. kids would always try to like sneak to the house and find the gifts. You were doing, you were like, Alex? see, I was oh, not, yeah. I never, ever, ever wanted to find the gifts ahead of time. Cause I thought it ruined the thing. It ruined the surprise of what it made Christmas morning less fun. My grandma on my mom's side, um, grandma Corey would always, uh, label what was in each gift but it would be separate from the label for who it was for. 
And so I'm one of 22 cousins on that side. So if you showed up and you saw like, oh, Peter's getting one of these. Okay, just swap the names. Here we go. That's now mine. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, we were a cutthroat family. <laughs> That's awesome. For, did you, um, I, I remember the, for some of the, well, not some of, all of, before I could open any of the gifts that we did have, I had to have a piece of a, a yellow legal pad and I had to write down who it was from, who they were, what the gift was, and then like write my thank you card. Yeah, and then the, you remember what I said we get uh, insight into Alex's childhood? That's right. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's a really like respectful. practical thing that you shouldn't yeah. make like a seven-year-old do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is. Yeah. No, I like that. I respect that. That's how it should be. organization. Hey, man, for my 10th birthday, I got the instruction manual to the washer and dryer. My mom was like, I've been doing it for the first decade. Now it's on you. <laughs> That's a true story. Hazel, good. get good. excited. That's what you're getting this year. No. No, you're too young for that, Hazel. But at 10, you're definitely getting the instruction manual to the washer and dryer. No. I mean, yes. she'll, be, uh, she'll be seven in a week, so I feel like I can round up. That's not. Don't, 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 don't do that. Don't take that away. I'm kidding. I don't do the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend. So, you know, like that was that was like a story. My my mom was always very proud of that and always loved telling people that's what she did for all three of us growing up. And um, I had a friend I went to high school with and, you know, he had like never done laundry. And uh, when we went, we ended up going away to the same university. And even at, you know, 16, 17 years old, he would drive back on the weekends with a basket full of laundry from school and have his mom do his laundry. I'm like, dude, this is pathetic. That's Come on. So, so, so Connor now. <laughs> Connor must do his own laundry, surely. I mean, I know he doesn't know how to use the oven, but he must do his own laundry. I know he lives close enough to his mom. He could dude, take laundry over. I, I, he might now, like December 23rd, but I know like at the beginning of the year, he still drove laundry to mom. I feel like we need to put out a Twitter poll or, or like every just... load or just like if he was going back to his mom's, he'd bring a if he was go still, probably if he was going back to his mom's. Yeah. Even still, it seems just wrong. <laughs> or smart. Like we're smart. I mean, Colton Herta does it. Colton Hurd is a lot younger. Yeah, Colton Hurd is 12, though. But Colton, right? Colton still <laughs> still will drive home just to have dinner and mom do the laundry while he's having dinner and then go back to his Yeah, mom. but, I mean, I'd go back and have, like, weekly dinners with Brian. He's great. That sounds That, sounds that is awesome. true. That is yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> well, Fair enough. Well, guys, it's, uh, it's Christmas tomorrow, so I am sad that COVID has us all apart but I'm glad that we were able to get together for one last episode before the big guy stuffs himself down the chimney. Um, and Jesus is bored. So sure was. Yeah. Happy birthday, little man. Happy birthday. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas Hazel. And we and will see you all um, in 2021 where things surely. Unfortunately, we do better. have one more episode in 2020. Oh, we sure do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just the last not kick. not quite done with it yet, bud. Just do I do I have to be there? I mean, I... next the next mm. one's Hazel's birthday, and uh, and I mean you're going to be in her book club, so this is what we're going to talk about next week. All right, Hazel and Alex's book club. 
Um, I'm sorry. Alex, and you, James. You re- oh, well, I was going to well, say, we'll, oh, thank you. To be determined. To be well, determined. No, Hazel, Hazel said it. Hazel said it. So you, don't even, you don't even know what the book is. You don't even is. know what yes, book we're doing. Yes, you don't know what book we're doing. Yes, James. You, you hold, thank you, Hazel. Hey, thank you, Hazel. First of all, Tim, you say what book we're doing. Your name wasn't in that. It was Alex and Hazel's book club. So I don't, I don't really Hazel, care. Hazel, Hazel, you can invite James if you want him to cancel the day before. No problem. <laughs> or if you want to constantly just be late for book club. Hey, look, look. <laughs> I don't need technology to read a book. Hazel, what book is it this week? Harry Potter. Which one? There's like seven of them. We're starting the on the one. first one. All right. So you are going to read all of Harry Potter by next week. We'll, we'll talk about the book club next week. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about the book club. But I I like Harry Potter. I can, we'll see. I I mean, can if, read to that. If you're, if you're that serious, order the book. All right. I might even have it somewhere. Oh, we, okay. got a, we got a special version. I'll, I'll email you. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, I look forward to learning all about this. And uh, in the meantime, guys, have a very happy holidays, and we will see you in a week. Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Thim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to at producer Thim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean Thim. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.